Okay, everyone, I have a very special guest here with me today. Uh, Wissam is the CEO and founder of TrueBase. Thank you for being on the show today. Happy to be here. Great. Awesome. Well, uh, everyone that has to prospect for a living is going to appreciate this discussion. If you have to do any sort of outreach and you're burdened by the workflow that you uh, live within today on your current tech stack, this is going to be right up your alley. We we know that SDRs, AEs, full cycle AEs that do a ton of prospecting, um, you know, they spend a lot of time doing research. They do is spend a lot of time trying to find the right companies, the right people, coming up with the right tailored messaging. And when I work with teams, uh, it's a particular framework that we operate within. It's identify, stage, engage. Identify is when obviously we're finding accounts and people to pursue and what those plays are that we're going to run. So if we're doing competitive displacement, if we're doing complementary uh, plays as well, technologies that work and interoperate with our technology, or maybe you're just doing a lookalike play, right? Mm -hmm. So identifying those plays early on and then sourcing the people coming up with the messaging, like during the staging process, it's, it's a lot of work. So the core here of what we want to get to uh, everyone, and you hear me say this a lot is spend more time with better prospects. And true base is going to help us do that. But before we talk about how they help us, uh, you know, Wissam, can you help us understand the problem that you're solving today with with true base? Yeah, happy to. Well, you know, like if you're a B2B company, um, the only way for it to grow is to efficiently prospect and have more people to prospect. Yeah. As much as we think it's a, it's an automated or we're using software. I will actually go on a limp and say it's a manual, tedious process right now, right? Um, if you think, what are the technology that are available today? Like, um, you know, I'm, I'm always on LinkedIn and I'm like, still, I'm like, how much did this change in the last, you know, 10 years? I'm still doing Boolean searches. I'm clicking next button. I'm going through pages. Uh, the The advancement is like, I have a few Chrome extensions that help me do something a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. And here, like, I mean, we're not talking about um, a small problem. This is what makes a break a company. A company could have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. The only way for it to grow is uh, twofold, right? One, you can make the current prospecting process more efficient. Mm -hmm. Two is to hire more people. Let's target the latter first. To hire an SDR or BDR, or let's call them whoever is responsible for prospecting, because the title really varies from right. one organization to another and of the state of the company. Um, well, it takes almost four months to hire and ramp up an SDR. Mm -hmm. Teach them about like who's your ICP, onboard them on the playbooks you mentioned, all that kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. The ramp plan that they have usually yeah. is like three months. You know, you have to hit 25, 50, 75% of your your target, and then you're fully ramped at three or four months in. You're absolutely right. And do you know how much, how long they will last on the job? Yes. <laughs> little one year uh, and two months. Yeah. One year and two months. Yeah. And if you think just on, um, and, and now why they do that, like it's, um, it's usually an entry level position. Right. right? And they want to enter like the revenue organization, and uh, like most people, uh, they their ambitious is to get closer to the transaction closing because they end up making more on commission. Right? Nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying like this is this is the reality right now. Right. So, from a unit of economics, you spend four months uh, on on training. By the time you start getting some benefits, right? You have to do that over and over again. Yeah, there's a and third of the way through it, your, their tenure already. You have to do it at scale, right? Mm -hmm. So, and it's the most important part that will make or break, that make you hit your number, right? It's always the top of the funnel of problem. Not everybody. If you have a very well-defined market, you might have other product, but assume you have a um, product market fit on your product, or service, you know, like let's assume those are in place, which, you know, most 
Most yeah, that's a good time to actually install an uh, SDR teams once you've actually exactly. established that so you can accelerate coin operated dollar in two dollars out. Right. You know, it's proven at that point. Mm -hmm. you, you bring you bring the revenue team on your you don't have a leaky bucket anymore. Right. Or there it is. Very <laughs> small. <leaky laughs> Plug <bucket>. the holes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, great. Um, well, let's go through the journey of prospecting. So okay. right now, an SDR is going through and you're like, OK, well, we have this playbook. This is what we think is our ICP. And usually ICP is defined into like a three to five filters on one of the prospecting tools. It's in this industry, it's this employee size, uh, you know, this is the revenue. Maybe if they're fancy, they just raised or they're using that technology, right? That's that's real. That's where it is today. Maybe some of them, I don't want to like undermine a lot of the amazing sales experts out there. They prepare the, you know, maybe five, eight questions, qualification, yes or no. And then that bucket them, scoring them, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so now SDR, as task, have that list. Uh, well, they start usually in a prospecting database, depending, you know, what strategy. They're usually looking for the company first. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, so they find, you know, like a list on a page. Uh, if that wasn't already given to them, right? Like it, you might be given criteria given. in some context. Like here's the criteria that we want you to pursue. In another realm, it's account based. Here are your accounts. Now go and do your, you know, research, find the right players, and then pursue them. But in any regard, whether you're being handed that list or you have to find that list, it's still a ton of work. Whether it's the rep or someone in a strategic role or an ops role who's coming up with that list, still a ton of work. A lot of times, it has to come down with that propensity analysis to see, figure out who is the right right folks for us. Right, right, and and as you know, Derek, I mean, you're definitely like. Uh, the closest one uh, to, to this uh, problem is like uh, the, the roles are changing. Sales operation is a relatively new function. Uh, you know, the, when I'm talking about the prospecting journey is not necessarily, I guess it used to be only the SDR to be like, okay, you start from scratch until you find us, book us a demo. But right now you'll see that those roles are a little bit splitting because yeah. some of them might be more technology heavy some might be uh, my more like research heavy. So you will see all these sales operation, inside sales, BDR, SDR, uh, sometimes even demand gen. Demand gen, yeah. You took demand the words gen, out of my mouth. Right? Yeah. They're mm -hmm. spending them time, depending if they're kind of like, so there's all that kind of thing. But I'm, I think the, the, the problem remain in a revenue organization that is a prospecting journey. Mm -hmm. It might be one person, it might be you know, five people involved in the journey. Uh, so I think I'm kind of a little bit just kind of zooming out and talking about this prospecting journey. Yeah. So uh, so you discover uh, uh, a company. You're usually now like, uh, you know, it's almost like somebody running with a poll, right? Like you're trying to answer those 10 questions that you have about the company. You're browsing, you're scouting the internet, you're looking at the company website, um, you know, you're looking at maybe other sources, maybe Crunchbase, maybe, you know, whatever, whatever data uh, access. That no, no, this this pattern is important. <laughs> we can't just say whatever, because this is the maze that we have to go through every time we want to pursue somebody. Right. So you might start with your CRM and then you might zoom out to whatever data service providers you're looking at. We won't name all the players in that space. We all know LinkedIn and LinkedIn Sales Navigator is probably at the core of that. But you might have two or three other tools you're using to not only find nuggets and anecdotes about the account and the people, but you're also trying to find phone numbers and email addresses and that sort of thing. So this whole, you know, and we, we've been talking a lot in the last couple of years, and you hear it in the space that we, we our SDRs have to be uh, inspector as well. They have to be like, right. um, I forget the detective's name that we all talk about, but you know, you na name detective and that's what you have to do is be this person who has to be like a research analyst. And the skill set has become paramount in how we interview people even, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can't research my company when you're interviewing with me, then you're not going to be a good SDR. This, right. this process is almost at par in terms of priority with the ability to actually engage, which is scary. Right. So you find the company, you spend maybe like two minutes, right? I always people are correcting me, be like, two minutes, at least I spent five minutes. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, right? Maybe 10 yep. minutes. I don't know. Right. It's just a lot of time. Right. Uh, that's what we're talking for one company. Right. So then what do you do? Okay. We're like, okay. You answer the question four out of five. Okay. Great. And you want to pursue this company. 
now you want to go it's almost you starting a new search right like now you you have one filter which is a company name mm -hmm. and go there again who should i talk to and now if you really also want to do your 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 job properly that's most people like kind of fall always i want to talk to the decision maker okay well but there's other people involved in this journey and that's not the only way to attract the business so do, who is your decision maker first uh, titles also varies, right? right. Uh, within a title, uh, within the company, um, depending on the size of the company, depending on how they how they run things. We just discussed, like you know, a revenue team might vary on responsibilities and the role mm -hmm. in the prospecting journey. That same apply on almost every other way. And There's if you no have multiple way. products, it gets even more dynamic, Much more challenging, right? Because you might be in different sides of the shop. You, one product might lend it to HR, another product might lend to finance, another product might right. lend to the go-to-market team. Yeah. Right. So you do that and you now uh, you start drawing, but like, oh, this is my decision maker, this is my influencer, it's my economic buyer, it's my end user. Right. Depending, you're running bottom-up, product-led growth, you might top-down, all that, maybe both of them combined time consuming and now depending on what software you're using you maybe have three tabs open okay one to discover their email maybe from one service depending on geo or location you might be successful with one software over the other uh, if you want phone numbers that's yet another tab right or another extension uh, sometimes if you're lucky and your target is probably both and then if you really want to do your job right and you want to protect your sender reputation, because that's everything right now, deliverability, especially mm -hmm. if you're doing outbound, you have to debounce those emails, verify them, maybe one or two services. And there's different techniques to yeah. do that. Yeah. Right. Validate emails, uh, make sure that they're actually email. in service and so yeah. forth. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Only, only verified. And and here's what's sad about this, right? You might get there and you might hit the wall and be like, I don't have a valid email or I don't have a very conviction or I didn't find their phone number. Right. That's even more like, so, so you start the journey in a prospecting right. on a lead. You got excited about all of it. And I'm researching. Wall, right? I'm not, I'm getting all my anecdotes <laughs> and nuggets together. Right. I, I see the email address. It's the, the right. structured field is filled in. It says, you know, right. there's an, there's an email address there, but it hasn't been validated. And so right. that's to your point is you, you, you get to the last mile to hit send and you realize it's not going to get delivered. And you just all this front end research for 20 minutes on this one prospect or whatever time you spent. Mm -hmm. right. And not only that, so you also want to do one thing. You want to make sure, does this person still work at this company? <laughs> All right. Which is as simple as it sounds. You yeah. have to you really like, if you're rigging prospecting database, like most of them uh, outdated. There's a lag, right? There's a month, two, sometimes behind, sometimes more, depending on what you're using. Right. You really want to do your job right. You jump in, you make sure, hey, this go to LinkedIn or here. Something. Go to mm -hmm. LinkedIn is usually an excellent place to verify that. And then you haven't started the work. Now the real work starts. Right. right? Writing a hyper-personalized message. Okay. Many ways to think about it. Just think about like, and again, if you really want to, we're talking about like the golden standard of prospecting where mm -hmm. let's say each lead is worth a million dollars. You're spending 10 hours on it. Like think of it from that perspective, but like, like this matters. What do you have to do? You have to check their activities, understand their pain points, right? find a good opener, what is the right uh, aspect of your value proposition mm -hmm. that will resonate well with them. You have to do that. Um, and then you have to really write, write, write an email, personalized email. You can start maybe from a template, um, you know, but you have to personalize it. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the sophisticated one out there, what they're doing, they have a generic template and they have a few par parameters. And, uh, you know, some of them, what they do, they're like, okay, I'm going to export. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to upload this list to Upworks. And you go hire an analyst, uh, paying them $5, $10 an hour. Go personalize it, this for me, and I will pick it up tomorrow after tomorrow. Right? And that becomes the person's thing. Not bad, still tons of work, right? Yeah. Like the export, delay. like I, I haven't yeah. talked about the export and the import and merging spreadsheet and VLOOKUP and all of that if you really want to do it, or Zapier integration or, 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 right? Then you send it, what do you get? 1% response rate, right? 
after what? After we figure out deliverability, right? Which is also like, what is Google limit? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you don't have spam. You want to have all the technology decom de certification, and I don't know what all in place. Uh, uh, SPIF and many others. All of that needs to be, um, you know, not only once set up, continuously monitored over time to really ensure deliverability. Okay. The algorithm of the spam detection uh, change over time. Yep. Um, so there is limit on your domain uh, sending on per user, per inbox, hmm. right? What pattern you're sending. If, if you're sending a parameterized template, that's more that you're not, you're spamming. Yeah, right? the threat index will be higher. Mm -hmm. Quite honestly, it, it is kind of a spam. Yeah. Like, I don't want to like uh, shy on it. Like we're all salespeople as a safe space. Yeah, here. we're all using templates somewhere in our process. It is, yeah. it is, right? Um, so so that, that's, <laughs> that, that's the world we live in today. Mm -hmm. That's a prospecting journey. Yeah, and that's the thing that's frustrating a lot of orgs right now. And the question is, how can we use AI and you know platforms that have AI built in to truncate a lot of that so that our sellers can get back to you know more selling? And I particularly find that that workflow, that reality that you just walked us through, is even more of a tension point for our full cycle reps, right? Those that are having to progress opportunities and simultaneously have to fill the funnel, right? You will always be biased to progressing opportunities to close and putting prospecting as a second. So anytime that they can allocate to prospecting, to outreach needs to be as impactful, as meaningful as possible because they don't have as much time as someone who's dedicated to that practice like an SDR. And even more so, if we want to maximize our results with our SDR teams, and even more of an argument, right, to underscore that, that focus with more outreach, less administrative burden. Um, so you, you mentioned the average reply rate of like 1%, and that is definitely, you know, fair and accurate. And we, we all know that in order to get to a higher reply rate, it's using methods that allow you to stand out, be relevant, effectively personalize. I know we talk about that term a lot, but that's what we're saying, right? And so let, let's talk about how you can speed up prospecting for us. Um, the claim that I, I read on your website was that the average time it takes for a person to research one lead, one lead, eight to 10 minutes. And your platform effectively through the case studies you've put together can bring it down to about two minutes per lead. And I did the math and an SDR might load 25 new contacts a day on a, you know, on a moderate average size to about 25 highly targeted people into cadences every day. So on a weekly basis, that's a, you know, uh, eight minutes at 125, that's a thousand minutes, that's 17 hours, 17 hours, only 40% of their week in your math is spent doing this staging and identifying a part of the workflow. And so even if we can cut that in half, now my anecdotal, uh, feedback on that is when I work with SDRs, typically I'll do a uh, world of work exercise. I'll ask them to kind of go through and guesstimate how much time they're spending on certain activities. And one of those activities is research for outreach. And consistently in the teams that I've worked with, one to two hours per week, and I think they're probably undershooting, one to two hours a week is spent just on identifying and staging, not even getting to the point where they're actually executing and engaging with people, but mm -hmm. to staging these prospects, finding phone numbers, formulating the message, getting the email addresses and validating them, doing all that preliminary work that we just talked about. So it's massively, massively important for us to, to compete effectively in today's day and age because everybody's you know, arming up with AI in some capacity, but it's this piece that I think could really turn the knob. That's why I was really eager to have this conversation. So talk to us about how you are helping companies get 32% higher response rates, 
you know, 2X demo booking rate, 80% cost savings. These are stats from your website. Talk to us about the, the modules within the TrueBase platform and how it helps streamline some of these steps that we talked about. Yeah, happy to. So let's let's revisit the journey and see how we can improve every piece of it, right? So starting on identifying companies. Okay. okay. Usually start with search. Let's start, by the way, we have a recommendation and lookalikes that I would love to talk to in a bit, but let's start with search. So now to search, assume you're searching for something as simple as, um, I don't know, let's say location-aware uh, uh, companies, okay? Well, there's 100, actually, let's, sorry, let me back that up. Let's say you're looking for a SaaS company because that's would relate a lot to other. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people in but the show. Whoever, whoever created um, the profile on LinkedIn or Crunchbase, they might or might not said we are a SaaS company. Okay. So if you're looking at any of the prospecting databases, you mentioned LinkedIn, let's keep mentioning that. Well, if you said your company, you are LinkedIn and you're looking at the industry filter and you say it's SaaS, it will be returned. But in reality, I can give you some data. There is 5X more SaaS companies that did not say they are SaaS, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? As simple as this example. Right. So with Truebase, we have uh, more like AI filters, which takes those basic filters like industry, and it's able. To, it looks at a lot of other things. It looks at uh, you know SaaS actually does break down into fourteen different industry like sales automation and procurement and all that kind of stuff. Right. And from what technology they use, what topics on their website, what team formation they have. Uh, and many others, we're able to know they are SaaS, even if they didn't say they are a SaaS company, right? So instead of having the SaaS filter and you get one-fifth of the SaaS companies, you use the AI filter and you get the, the, all of them. For a more complete search at that point. More complete search, even if they didn't declare to be SaaS. 98% right? mm. uh, accuracy rate. It's actually, it wasn't the hardest problem to solve. Right? So this is in the realm of TAM, right? This is in the realm of... Realm of TAM. Right, yeah. total addressable market, figure out who we can actually pursue as possible targets. Exactly. Another as simple uh, of a filter, if you want to target most people, uh, I bet you this is almost in every ICP or in the majority of the ICP, if I don't want to be exaggerating here, is that are you targeting B2B or B2C or agencies? Right. What's their business model? No, what, yeah, what's their model? Who are they selling to? What's their yeah. model? Who are they yeah. selling to, right? Right, right. Uh, that's also not super easy. Uh, this is true, yep. Like, they might or might not put in their industries, we are a B2B. Truebase is a B2B and a SaaS company. It's not in our any of our Crunchbase, LinkedIn, or any other profile we created. But it's, it's about... in descriptions of your product, so it's embedded there within. So it can be right. inferred. But for a human to do that, get that inference, right. if it even hits the radar, to your point, right. it still has to, we have to drill down to make that conclusion where an AI can do that instantaneously. Right. So how do you how do you compensate for all of that? Right. Mm -hmm. You have to go right like Boolean search and 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 or and parentheses and like all these kind of things. Filters, keywords. So maybe maybe hit two X. Right. Where reality, that's why is that your work? Why is that your job? Right. This is a very common use case. That's how everybody prospects. Like I'm looking for B2B or B2C or agency or this vertical or the, all that. Like, so that's the, the onus is on you here to do make it happen. That's what that's like a few examples of an AI filter. One more thing I want to mention is like you want to do usually a topic based search as simple as it is. Let's let's take uh, I'm trying to think of an example that relates mostly with your podcast, but I think this one is a little bit technical, but everybody understands it. Let's say you're looking for somebody that has the word JavaScript. Okay. Yep. As simple as that. Okay. Well, there is many ways to spell JavaScript. So Java space script, you can do JS, you can do Java dash script, you can do like different kind of flavor of that. If you want to look for that, uh, specific. If you do Java space script, you know what you get on LinkedIn? You get Java, which is very different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you get script, which is also very different. And right. it's on you to go they through. Con the they compound the variables and they give you everything. Filter that out, all of that. It's, right. it's, it's tedious, right? 
where in reality, so with TrueBase, you can do a topic-based search. We trained our, we took all the company descriptions, uh, ran them through techn our technology that's built on top of Wikipedia. So every topic on Wikipedia is a topic. Mm -hmm. As long as the ideas, the, the meaning match, it will be searched regardless of how it's written. Is it, is it an e-ticket or is it uh, an itinerary? Like it's, they're both the same. They're both, they mean the same. Right, right, right. So mm -hmm. that's, that's technology, right? To help you just quickly search to what you're looking for. And to be clear, you we're using natural language queries when we're doing the search on the TrueBase platform, as opposed to what a lot of us are accustomed to using today or up until today, are, are these keywords and filters and booleans that you're mentioning. So if I go into name data service platform, go to the left side of the panel and you're drilling down with keywords and filters until it generates this list that you may or may not want to go after. And to your point, it's going to be sort of a catch-all, whereas I can just tell TrueBase I need to find B2B companies with a uh, certain type of technology installed in a certain geo and it will surface those using nlp as opposed to this catch-all approach with keep so it's kind of like that chat gpt experience right where we're searching through that type of medium uh, as opposed to a bunch of toggled saved searches am i yeah, it's, it's an it's an nlp based search it's right. like talking to a friend right like this is there what i'm looking for True base the homie. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, the um you had mentioned the companies. I uh, read on your website as well. There's in your data set, you have about 64 million different companies indexed. Mm -hmm. And in within that, and 529 million people, so contacts within those organizations. And when you do the search, you're searching across uh, millions of different websites as well. So there's, and again, the search uh, method in which you search NLP versus filters and drill downs, and then the scope of the search and the speed of that search is tremendously fast as well and large, it sounds like. So, but how do you, to get to that data set, because you're, you know, that's, that's a lot of companies. Um, how do you source that data? Because it's, it, you know, how do you maintain and quality assure this data set so that it's up to par with some of your competitors. Yeah, well, um, so we have, that's actually also another problem. Let's say part of the question of the qualification, you wanna know if they fundraised and if mm -hmm. they are have good reviews, right? Like uh, from hiring process, I'm making things up. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those are two different sources. You have to go to this website and to the maybe Glassdoor, maybe- It's a great example. Maybe mm -hmm. all of that, right? Like it's, it's kind of very time consuming. So. We have 18 data sources today. We constantly keep adding more. Um, and now that it's a very uh, uh, strong technical problem, because how much the latency of when the data right. and the freshness when it's in. Data accuracy how, score, how we build, know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how, how to build the identity. How do you know that those are the same companies or the same people, right? You, like everybody have different identifier of the company. Right. People have different same names. People have like there is a lot, you know, to to just kind of get all the data together, to store them, and to process the data. It's super expensive. We're talking mm -hmm. about a lot of data moving forward, right? So that's a, a big part of the back end of the business that we built, um, and and I'm actually don't shy talking about it. It's a build or buy for us. We have okay. partners that give us data. Uh, and we do and acquire a lot of data on our own public sources. Okay. Right? And we have our identity resolution. We put them all together. We have built this as a fetch on demand. So let me know what that, let me tell you what that means. So okay. when, in TrueBase, um, we have the concept of an ICP. You can save an ICP. The closest thing, uh, it's almost, uh, my team will not like it when I say that, but it's almost like the save list or save search somewhere else. But let's assume that for a second. Uh, it's basically when you save the search, we go and acquire the data for you. All right. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and we only like tactically acquire what you need and we make sure you have enough on your horizon of prospecting that you never run out so the more you're prospecting the more we are uh, scouting the internet ahead of you and bringing you data so this so, is the autopilot functionality autopilot. that you have. So, yeah. so what does that give you? That gives you a fresher data. Right. Right. And what does that give us? Ability to give you that at a commodity pricing mm. because we are not, we only pay technically when you're paying us. Right. So that means like when, when, when you are prospecting and finding leads, that's the more we are incurring the cost of going and acquiring the data and running it through all these pipelines. So we're not storing it and running and running stale out of data, right? It's a win-win for both ends. Right. It's a more uh, financially uh, responsible model, but also the quality aspect and getting the, 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 the data is always up to date and getting the freshest market-ready data. Right. But but that but like it's not just great for Truebase. Mm -hmm. It's great for because like right now you're able to get an entry-level subscription uh, super reasonably priced, right? Because because of that. And two, your data is fresher for you. Uh, so that's kind of really like the, the, the whole, the main idea behind it, right? It's like, how can you get you to do their job better? So going back to like the prospect, so we talked about the AI searches, okay? Yeah. So now you find an account. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, most prospecting database have a company search or an account search and a lead search. I don't know why they're separate. Some people inventing persona. Well, we married both searches. So if you find the company and it doesn't have exactly the lead you're looking for, we will not show it for you. If you already reviewed the company, right? You can accept, reject, or skip. It will not show in your search again, <laughs> right? So you don't have to look at it again if you change your search, which is usually you have to train like, oh, I already looked at this company, right? right. Right, like yesterday, there is zero memory. You're talking like a momento movie. I don't know if you guys see that, but like you don't remember anything, point. basically. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so Real that's kind of like easy. this. This is like workflow, right? This is just workflow, uh, not much of AI. You're like, okay, I reviewed this one. Don't show it to me again. Okay. But every time now, you accept or reject, you're training the algorithm on how to. You are. You know, you be are. on autopilot. Your, yeah. Every click you do in Truebase, um, you're swiping right, swiping left. Uh, AI is learning, is building an ICP behind the scene. Mm. Not the three, five filters you have and like that you know about. Not that it's basic stuff. Scale. Right, right. It's looking at patents and SEC filing and uh, website mm. traffic and a wow. lot of things that, uh, you know, that we don't really, I, I cannot describe it. It's just really, we hand it off to the machine and the machine does the heavy lifting. The, are these the hundred attributes that you talked about you analyze when you're doing the customer recommendations? I know on your website it says they analyze over a hundred different attributes. Again, there's five or seven that humanly that we could yeah. probably process as we scan and look at these companies and these profiles, right? right? But you're able to look at a hundred different components like web traffic and these different things simultaneously. That's, uh, that's we couldn't possibly compete with that. It's really hard. Like, what topics uh, are common? You know, what are the technologies? What are the team formation? How how what's the turnover? How long are people on the job? Like, it's really. Uh, we actually, quite honestly, like I'm a developer at heart, and I still code. And I'm like, I don't know how it's doing. And I'm just handing off to the machine. We have the right algorithm, and it's looking at it at scale and and coming back with me with an excellent answer. So that's how, I I made my peace with it. <laughs> Trust it's trust the tech. Trust the tech, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, the one thing I like about that component is, you know, I mentioned earlier is is, is a lookalike model. One of the plays that I see commonly missing in go to market motions and outreach motions specifically is our our lookalikes, right? Looking at customers that we've done business with, our best customers, our most profitable customers, our longest standing customers that renew with us over and over again and buy more stuff taking those best customers and then finding companies that look and act like them. Right. And we, you just, that connection doesn't, I see it missing a lot where we we have our uh, assumed list, right. Based on whatever profiling and TAM analysis that we did, here's our list. We have 300 companies. We have three reps, break it up a hundred each and go after them. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but we're not always reinforming that list with 
lookalikes based on customer success, like the win-loss analysis action is often missing. And what you're saying is that your tool is going to be able to factor that in across a hundred attributes and, and on autopilot tee up these lookalikes for you on a regular basis. So today, in order to operationalize a lookalike motion, there's a lot, there is some manual components to it. There's, like I said, the win-loss analysis that needs to be ongoing and has to be maintained. And then that needs to be cross-referenced to your TAM. And then we need to select those targets and then we need to assign those targets. And it's this workflow to get the lookalike motion operation, which is really impactful, can have lots of yield and really accelerate cycles. Um, but it, you know, if you're stretched with bandwidth and these sorts of things, it's hard to do. And your point is now that this can be somewhat automated. It can be. And the way like, uh, and, and here's how kind of, um, I have to stretch the imagination of how this could be implemented, right? Like, so you're sending those outreach campaigns. So, okay, let's say you search, you found a list of customers, you deem them great, you accepted them. Right. You put them in your outreach campaigns. Some of them replied positively. Hey, let's connect again next month. Some of them took a demo. Some of them bought your product. Okay. Well, all of those has different weight. Right? Like some of them are more important than the other. You can set up, automate the feedback loop. So instead of going uh, uh, accept and reject to train the AI, those are training events to your AI. Wow. Right. So, and then what is it gonna do with those training events? Give you more lookalikes. So mm -hmm. you create this loop where it's continuously learning exactly on your product per ICP. That's why they don't like it when I call it a save list. ICP is a unit of training. It's a machine learning unit of training. And if you're always training it, it's doing a lot more than just like, you know, uh, picking a search criteria, if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. Well, so, Let's talk about setup though. Um, the platform sounds phenomenal. Everyone listening sold. Giving your example, there's going to be that those pieces that are going to go and look at your website. Those are going to fill out a form and take a demo. And those are going to be people who are just going to like, hey, look at the pricing page. How can I buy this today? Assuming that I bought this today, what does setup look like, and how are you helping organizations get the ICP, particularly that that unit of uh, training? developed early because i would imagine that there are some inputs that have to be applied in order for the tool to really be stood up and start working for us in a short order uh okay. if that am i making sense with that question yeah totally and it really depends like i i uh, but by the way because we are in the early stage we have a demo wall i inspire to remove that demo wall and i want to put this in the hands of many uh, we're even priced in a downturn economy. You can get started with that monthly rate. Like I have, I can talk to you just all this, uh, what I would like to call innovation on the technology side. There's as much innovation on the pricing side, right? Yeah. I think software, the way software is being sold on the business side, especially in downturn economy, it's greatly getting disrupted. Uh, happy to dig in as much as you yeah, want. Yeah, we will actually but, have that teed yeah, up because yeah. I know you have the, you just published your pricing page right? and I have looked through some of those, but uh, so, yeah. Uh, so how do you how do you get started? Uh, what is the most pressing problem? Right? If it's personalization, right? Um, we have a module where you get to write a personalized through something like ChatGPT, but trained with more with our it's a large large language model that's trained with our data. Okay. So you get to write a, a whole sequence of personalization. If that's a bottleneck, start there. There is nothing. You don't need to set up anything else. Um, you can use a search module. The recommendation module I mentioned, you can train it with swipe right, swipe left, or you can show import a spreadsheet of 100 account that you have and automatically hit the ground running. So it's really, there's multiple ways to start and multiple angles. So it doesn't, it's not like the training right. needs to be this long period of time or this two week experience. It's literally it can be instantaneous. Day one, I just signed on with TrueBase. I'm going to upload a list of 100 customers that I love and adore. It's going to immediately start thinking and looking for companies like that or other okay. events. I can start doing some searches day one. And as I accept companies and accept leads, again, the training immediately starts. So that could be done in day one effectively. Absolutely. But but I also, I'll tell you something I learned. Mm -hmm. uh, as powerful as this sound, 
people like to be in control or sure. they want to date before they get married, right? So what they do, they, they like start that. with search. They want to okay. start search. They want like, I want to look at the lead. They basically do what they've done before, leverage some of the AI filters, but they are in control who they want to send to. But while they are doing that, the AI is training. If you want, do the recommendation. If not, stay in control. Do your search the way you work, right. just more efficient. Hmm. The one thing we haven't talked much about is the content generator aspect of this as yeah. well. I think that's the last mile of this workflow, right? We identified who we want to go after. We formulated a message all along through that workflow. We've been training the tool and it's getting better and smarter and teeing up better stuff for us. But then it's the point of engagement. And now I need to go and actually send this person a message. And there's tools out there that are helping in some ways and different ways to you know serve up written emails. And today you're not doing emails necessarily, right? You're not crafting into the engagement platform an email for them. I know you integrate with CRMs, you integrate with sales engagement platforms, um, but talk to us about how you formulate that message, because that's the hard part, I think, is once you've done the research, uh, that binary, re you know, if I'm the human and I'm doing yeah. what your AI platform can do, and I pull together these nuggets, now I have to formulate it into a message and write something, some copy. And not everybody is at the same skill set there. So how far do you take the content generation uh, in that in that workflow? Uh, so this is actually what, uh, you know, the, the gift of generative AI, uh, which completely transform everything we do. So we have three application of that, okay? Uh, let me describe them. Remember when I mentioned in the beginning of prospecting journey, you go into the website, every website is laid differently. You're spending a minute or two there, but you don't have mm -hmm. to do that. We bring the website to you. We augment it with a lot of the proprietary data that we have. We write to you a 500 character or under summary, who, how, why, you know, where, all that kind of stuff. You get to read a small paragraph, a blurb, a few bullet points to do your qualification. Right, standardized in your face once you accept a company, right? Like you don't even have to go out of the app. Mm -hmm. um, you can summarize your business model. We can summarize a person's pain points. You can do a lot of the research. Instead of you going looking for it, it comes to you in one click, generate. And it's served up in a consistent manner versus and, and again today time. it's in notes, it's in OneNote, it's mm -hmm. in your activity history across multiple interactions. Like the way we store the nuggets, the research, you know, changes a lot. One a best practice if you're using SalesLoft out there is to use the notes function and then you know pin that note to the person's contact record. Because again, this is an issue. Again, you're doing this research over and over again, but how you serve it up, how you store it, um, makes a difference in how streamlined your 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 process is going to be. So you're going to give me a summary that's standardized, mm -hmm. based. So it's going to go and do the research. It's going to look across the websites and all the data sets that we talked about. It's going to do the search. It's going to do the recommendations, and then it's going to generate. Uh, a summary for you. And then, so the work becomes for the salesperson or SDR to take that summary and translate that into a personalized first touch and, you know, or, or however it goes into the sequence and the engagement. No, that's, that's what we call the insights. Okay. Right? So you can qualify the company. Let's talk about the personalized yeah. piece, which is a completely separate thing. So personalized, you find the lead. Now you find the account, you say, okay, you find the lead with their emails and everything you need. Now you want to write a personalized message. So this is where um, the, where we spend most of our time because in the in the eight minutes I described, maybe three three and a half minutes really going into personalization, writing the message. Some sometimes more. If you're really I, good, if you're I really often, good, I, yeah. I maybe I need to I need your help, Derek, on this one. I keep getting corrected. Like eight minutes, no way. I do it in twenty. <laughs> yeah, like, writing okay, the sorry. email like, is like that's delete, start over, delete, start right, over. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't know. Like I think people are starting from somewhere. They're not like rewriting it from other. But either way, it's a lot of time, right? Right. right. Um, so what we do. Um, we really think of the personalization message as of like, think of them five different piece of information, okay? What is, first of all, start with the sender, okay? The sender, what is the value proposition? 
Okay. What is your title? Okay. What is your call to action? How long you want the email? And what's the tone you want it? Right. You want to sound assertive? How do you want to sound? Right. So that's that's what the sender information. Now the recipient information. What are their pain points? What are their title? Okay. What is the rapport between you, the sender, and the receiver? Did you guys go to the same college? Did you like their post? Are you in the same industry? Right. And what's the opener? Do you like their post? Um, you know, did you, do you want to congratulate them on what they what they uh, they just the new job? Yeah, the new product right. that they launched. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's really one to one. You're, yeah. This is only today. It's only human can do that. Right. So, the, uh, sorry, today is like maybe like that's how a few months ago. Okay, because yeah. things are moving too fast. Uh, today, you can hand all of this up if you have the up to date information. You're able to pass massive amount of information to the AI and train it. It's able to compose that for you, not only on an email message. I think that's not sufficient. It's on the whole sequence. You can create a personalized sequence. Hyper, I call it hyper-personalization at scale. Okay. Hyper-personalized sequence okay, on one-to-one -one basis. Oh, this is the this is next level. So I didn't see this coming, folks that are listening in. Uh... And I know we're, we're we're getting up there in time, but this is really important. You just said that you're going to hyper-personalization at scale equals a dedicated sequence with every step personalized to the recipient. So your tool is going to serve that sequence up, a multi-touch, multi-channel sequence recommendation with personalized messaging that has tone and rapport and relevance these things all nested in so it sounds beautiful my my where i draw the gap is how do i take this recommendation this content you've generated and translate that into my sequencing tool because you're not you're are, are you going to create it because i know you integrate with like tools like outreach are you does your platform create physically that sequence in the tool or is it recommended in some documents? Like how do we take it from this recommendation to executing? Yeah, like, okay. So today, the way we do it, it it's as simple. There is, you can go, you can keep using your outreach tool, right? Uh -huh. And uh, we've had implementation where it's as simple as, uh, you add a custom custom field to a lead and you add that to be a parameter and generate the whole message for you. Right. You can keep doing all of that. You can add it to a sequence. You can still getting all stats on clicks and opens and opt out of a sequence when they reply. You can continue doing all of that. But right. the thing, the difference is the message is one by one, right? right. The only thing you need to define, we like have the sequence uh, steps to be equal, right? So, we always recommend an opener, follow up, a final statement kind of. Uh, right, some mindset. framework that you're gonna. Right, use. some framework, and that's mm -hmm. all what you need to do. Okay. Uh, so that's that's how you implement today. We we really focusing more on top of the funnel. Yeah. The hardest part of the work. There's excellent tools out there that does the outreach. Uh, we the, the, them let them do the them the do sending it. and the deliverability yeah. part, but. It, that's just uh it's like my cell phone you know it's like the, my cell phone's great but it's the apps it's the connectivity it's everything contained within that makes it so powerful so installing a very customized uh sequence for an individual with you know one-to-one -one messaging and i think honestly that's what uh we, we where we went wrong with automated engagement tools as well. We started turning SDRs and people who are using these tools, users into marketing, little mini marketing departments. They were just blasting generic messages using sales engagement tools. And that's not the way they're designed. They're designed for one-to-one -one communication like you're talking about. So right. the fact that you're able to now say, look, SDR salesperson, you can spend less time prospecting, spend more time selling, engaging effectively, making the calls, sending the emails, as opposed to formulating and researching. Uh, it's It really changes the game because we were really going to a place where role specialization was going to get even more dichotomy. You had mentioned earlier the you know the 
the person who would do like, um, uh, you know, offshore, send it off to do the research, fill in the mm -hmm. spreadsheet and do, yeah, that, that's the like data service coordinator role that you would see at different companies. And it's usually like a junior person. We have a target account. We have to now, now go and find the personas, go and do some research to find the angle of entry with that account. Mm -hmm. And once that, that data ticket is completed, that task is completed by that data services coordinator, then it gets handed off to the SDR or AE to actually do the outreach because we've been trying to find ways to solve this research problem that's heavily weighted on these teams for a long time. And so mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like this is a new norm that we can expect our platforms that are going to allow us to kind of truncate that. TrueBase, you're relatively new, right? So you launched in March of this of this year. So to give people perspective, uh, March this year, you turned on and it sounds like you've already really hit the incline in terms of sign-ons with customers. Is that right? We, we have more than we can handle, but again, we're a very small team, very small team, right? Good, like, good problem uh, to have. I mean, <laughs> good problem we have, uh, a little bit overwhelming uh, as well, but uh, it, it, I, I will, I will, I will not take it otherwise in a startup. That's exactly what I would Exactly, want. exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, well, you, you mentioned pricing a few times. I want to yeah, tackle yeah. that before we cut here. Um, I looked at the pricing in their website and my initial reaction is it looks expensive. I'll just be transparent with you. Okay. So there's a, uh, like a getting started option. I think it was like $49.99. It's on the website. It's mm -hmm. publicly available. But then you have a lot of add-on options for a lot of the things that we talked about today. And at a, at a glance, when I look at the pricing page, what it looks like is if I want everything that we talked about today, I'm going to have to basically do that base package plus several add-ons. Is that how, how you have it structured? Or I'm trying to put this in perspective with our whole tech stack. And you have a blog out there about building the optimal tech stack for your go-to-market motion. And I mean, if, it was, if, if money was no issue, people would be throwing all kinds of tech at these right. issues that they're facing. But help me understand with your pricing model how someone decides to go with something that could be $100 per month per user uh, with Truebase to, you know, I mean, that's as much as some CRM and engagement platform fees are, right? Depending on who, you, who you're contracted with, not Salesforce or Outreach, they're expensive. Right. But, uh, you know, if you're looking at HubSpot with in their platform, if you're looking at another you know, Apollo uh, and these players. So I'm just looking at displacing cost. You you, you claim 80% cost savings. So I know a lot of that's part of the efficiency gain. But when you look at the tech stack dollar for dollar from a CFO, help me understand how your pricing model is complementary to the rest of my stack. So just like uh, and pricing has always been a tricky thing. It's my first startup and I've never uh, been in a place where didn't hear this is too cheap or this is too expensive right like, it's, always, like, it's never perfect, perfect right? <laughs> yeah. it's never like oh my god everybody's agreeing on the pricing yeah. but yeah. good point it's kind of like some of some of the people i talk to right they are not allowed to play with the product until they pay 20k annual contract mm -hmm. right there are those capabilities out there that's being sold and are they happy i don't think so that's not okay. what i heard and 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 if you want to compare to that, okay, maybe if uh, if you want uh, the, the the way, but but that's not the point. Like, let me. Count but that's like, the data service provider component. If I'm hearing you correctly, specifically, you know, we don't need, need name names, but that's just the data services it's side. A of better LinkedIn. Flow. It's a better LinkedIn it's with better more link filters. Okay, right. or someone that starts with a Z. The, for the entry module, yeah, <laughs> right. So that's that's how it starts. Okay. Um, so, so if you want to compare it to that, and my God, they're so popular, right? Like, wow, uh, they are the, the elephant in the room, right? Uh, so now downturn economy, what's happening? The teams are shrinking, budgets are shrinking. This SDR, that was the, the num their number did not change. Their number go, went higher mm -hmm. and there is less of them. Right, there's and, less of them right, for sure. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's why you get to productivity. So the reality, let me kind of like uh, highlight a little bit uh, the, spy, the the pricing here. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, the other thing, and, and, and there's two part of the, the company. There is the, the product and there's the business, right? And there's all the operation costs, okay? 
the product today, engineering and everything around it, you don't buy software and annual contract anymore. You start by playing with the product and you ch somebody champion it as bottom up. You see right. the value quickly. PLG, often, PLG, yeah. Mm -hmm. Often. And then some somebody comes in and lock in a contract with volume discount across the company, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, that 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 has been since DevOps started like 10 years ago. Business didn't catch up right now on it. Right now they are. Why? Downturn economy. Uh, very the PLG is becoming more and more popular, right? That's actually so standard and, the whole, almost, yeah. and all the problems I'm describing with, with salespeople. So we actually salespeople are more relevant than, than ever in closing larger deals. And that's what they should be spending most of their time on, right? Agreed. Uh, so so that's kind of a little bit shifting right now. And what we've done, because as I mentioned, the, the challenge we have is kind of like a, it's a virtue and it's a curse, right? Because like we, we're, we're looking at the prospecting journey overall, right? But yet each part of it today, it's a different tool. A lot of them are locked. locked they already paid. <laughs> They're already on a one, two years contract. Uh, right. you know, they're sometimes happy. They train their team, right? So that's why it's naive to think somebody is just going to ditch everything they have, right? Or uh, And then come and use TrueBase. Hmm. So we really like, uh, everybody has a different pain point. So we say, it's up to you. And we're not, we, I could have hit all our pricing and say, I will do my enterprise sales behind the scene and for the opportunity. We didn't want to do that. We said, pick which module you want and use it. So now let's compare. The $49 give you unlimited leads. Right, hmm. give you personalization capability, give you insights capability, give you email, like it gives you a lot of things that are not available okay. there. Those are usually five software for you. Yeah, good point. So you you add them up, right? They become a lot more than fourteen million dollars. So that's kind of like the idea behind it. And you know, pricing is always evolving. Sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down, depending. It's a market, uh, it's a supply and demand kind of thing. But the fact that you can piecemeal it together, I think, is a value add to your point. It, Pricing, we've tried to simplify so much in the recurring revenue model where it's like small, medium, and big. And the package that might fit you might be overblown for what you need. And yeah. you end up paying more and never fully utilizing everything. To your point is you can right size your needs with TrueBase and you can it can kind of grow with you. Let's start with this package and then right. bolt on different options and not every platform does that a lot of them are just trying to get you to the 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 big platform with all the bells yeah. and whistles and uh you know even though you may only get to 40 to 50 percent utilization of its capability in that bucket your point is let's get the 80 to 100 percent utilization capability and then outgrow that and bolt on additional modules because you're probably on a service plan already with another player that's oh kind God. of encroaching on that. And you might be very happy with what you're right. doing there and that's totally fine, right? It's actually, you know what people, mm. I mean, you probably definitely know that, like it's advantageous to the company, right? You're like, okay, I, I hate it when I upgrade to a larger plan and end up paying a lot more and because of one little feature, right. one exactly. little My bit point. more volume. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but I don't need the SLA. I don't need, I don't need that. I don't need 24 hour right? support. I don't need <laughs> Salesforce integration. I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm not on Salesforce. Like, why do I need to go pay for all of that? Or are you charging me for it? So, so that's like, you know, I, I really think uh, there's room to uh, put this in the hand of, you know, um, people who wants to discover customers automated. Um, there is a win-win. There's a lot of opportunities right now in terms of technology evolving. I think the more you're putting it in the hand of people, the 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 more we can disrupt this industry here, or the way we do things. Well, I'm looking forward to a, a new norm, a day where we have far more streamlined workflows. And it sounds like that day has come. TrueBase is on the scene, less prospecting, more selling, speeding up uh, the prospecting journey, uh, and uh, in some ways, almost eliminating aspects of it so that you can just do what you should be doing, and that's spending more time with better prospects. 
uh, Wissam, thank you so much for your time. This has been enlightening. Uh, you're ushering in a new capability, and I wish you guys nothing but luck. Anything the show can do to help promote this, this new approach, uh, we're happy to do. Where do you want to send people to learn more, connect with you, anything like that? Yeah, um, so I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, you can find me there or TrueBase.io. I'm also on TrueBase.io about page. I have all my social media links. My name is hard to spell, so I'm going to spare you that. Um, yeah, so I'm also always, I love it when I hear from people, even if they disagree with me, sometimes more than they agree with me, uh, reach out. Um, if I can, happy to grab you know, a virtual coffee or go. like pick your brain or comment. I'm always... This is what I love to do, Derek, as you know. Yes. Um, and speaking of your LinkedIn activity, final plug here, uh, his last post, by the time we hear this episode, he'll have had more posts out. But a recent development is the ChatGPT LinkedIn email generator Chrome extension. So you just launched a new Chrome extension that can help generate emails while looking at a LinkedIn profile using ChatGPT, right? Right. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's free. Also, it's out there. Go to uh, Google, type TrueBase LinkedIn Email Generator. Uh, it's a Chrome extension. You can download it anytime you're staring at the LinkedIn profile. There'll be a one button. You can click. It will generate an email for you that you can do whatever you want with it and send it anywhere you want. You've been listening to the Sales Consultant Podcast. If you enjoyed the interview and would like to support the show, please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or on Spotify. Please also consider following our LinkedIn page. If you're an industry expert or if you know an industry expert that should be on the show, message us on LinkedIn at the Sales Consultant Podcast.